Okay, so there's a lot happening in Canada right now. I've wanted to take time to sort of assess all the information before um, sharing anything right now. Because honestly, we're on the knife's edge at this moment. Um, and I'll elaborate on that, right? So obviously, the freedom. Um, this is February the 2nd, 2022. Uh, the Freedom Convoy uh, began, um, I believe it was last weekend, right? So it would have been Saturday, the 29th of January. Um, obviously, there was... Well, I'm going to start off with a couple of issues here. Um, the freedom, the, it, was, it, it was a protest, which was rightfully should have occurred, right? The major issue right now is that there's a complete media blackout. And this is, this is um, like, it's, it's appalling and it's like, you can't deny it. It's undeniable that there's a blackout right now. None of the major news agencies are essentially covering this. Well, that's not true. CBC, obviously, being a state-run media agency, is not covering this at all. If they are, it's from an extremely biased perspective. But that should be extremely concerning in itself. Some of the other uh, major broadcasters, such as Global News, um, or you know, uh, Global News have have been doing better coverage. It's been a bit more fair. APTN has also been out there as well too. However, I will say more recently that it seems that there is a blackout. And what I mean by that is that the major major media agencies are no longer covering anything that's happening on the ground. Uh, more so than that, independent journalists are actually being taken off of like, so, uh, the, they're being taken off independent communication platforms. So they're not even banning like individual people. It's, it's a culmination of things occurring right now, right? So uh, for example, there was an app called Zello. Um, I was using Zello to essentially monitor CBs. So CBs obviously are like the, the ham radios for, the, for uh, the trucks. And it was a great way to actually not only, um, you know, assess what's happening on the ground, but also in some ways actually communicate with the truckers. What started happening is that there was essentially a concerted troll attack where they all started, like trolls started attacking all of, all of the Zello channels um, and, the, and the mods couldn't manage it. So they had to shut it down, right? That, that to me is a bit scary, uh, you know, in any sense where you're shutting down communications of protesters, um, that's, that's, that's a concern. Like in, in, there, in a civil protest, if you, are an, if you are an actor that is cutting down communications from a civil protest, you are a negative actor, in my opinion, right? So it's a bit concerning right now that A, nothing's really being accurately covered, uh, more so than that it seems to be that there's a concerted effort to stop the people that are actually uh, fairly covering this. Um, I would also add that uh, uh, um, there's. Um, I would also add that there was a couple of live streams that were um, sharing information that are also being taken off of YouTube. This is concerning, right? Um, there's a couple you can follow right now. I'm personally following one called Red Pilling the Masses. You can find them on YouTube. Again, that's Red Pilling. That's one word, and then the masses is two other words, right? Um, that's a great stream to sort of see what's happening on the ground. Uh, they, they basically have a couple of videos going, uh, they have a couple of videos showing what's going on, not only in Ottawa, but also in Coots. And they also have some audio streams of what's happening at the same time too. So it's a great way to get a good analysis of what's happening on the ground. Um, so past that though, uh, like from a, from a technical perspective on the politics side of things, right? So this protest is obviously very pop. This is a populist protest. People are actually saying um, it's analogous to the um, 
Occupy Wall Street, right? So it, it's a populist movement. It's a leaderless movement. It's essentially like the convoy itself. Uh, by the time it had reached Ottawa, there was a convoy starting over in Vancouver. So it spanned coast to coast, right? Um, it, the unfortunate part, again, of not getting accurate analysis of what's happening is we don't even know the numbers, right? So it was supposed to be 50,000 trucks. We, like, we don't know how many people actually showed up in Ottawa. It seems like there was actually a large number of them, right? Um, and I should also add that there were some news agencies, specifically CBC, that were trying to essentially do their broadcasts while turning the cameras away from where the population of people were, right? Again, extremely disingenuous and more so than that, very concerning when this is supposed to be a civil protest, right? Um, so anyhow, this is clearly a very popular protest. There's, there's a major censorship uh, um, uh, campaign going on social media right now. So it's very difficult for, like, it's very difficult for you to actually uh, see any uh, accounts that are actually sharing this stuff unless you know you're very much so in that world. Uh, one of the major accounts, which is Freedom Convoy 2022, is being extremely shadow banned. But last I checked, there were like north of like 400,000 followers at this point, right? Um, again, it's a civil protest. It's very concerning that social media agencies would decide to censor this, right? Like, again, it's populist. It's not based on uh, It's not based on a single race. It's not based on a single gender. It's not based on anything. This is a populist movement of people that have been suffering in Canada that want to see this end. So it's very concerning that tech companies would be uh, obliging in the censorship of this movement, right? Although I do... Like, it makes sense as to why it's occurring because um, there's something called the Trusted News Initiative, TNA, uh, which essentially was like a conglomeration of like news uh, broadcasters that essentially got together at the beginning of COVID and they essentially set it up, set up like a, a protocol or essentially like a, like, a, like a format of communication with tech companies that would prioritize trusted news for sources, right? So... Uh, that's essentially why there is uh, this sort of censors, censorship regime happening on the, f- from the tech company's perspective. Now, you ask yourself, why are, are the news agencies do, like participating in the censorship? Well, they're participating in the censorship like purely from a neutral, like, like purely because Justin Trudeau and the federal government have decided to take an uh, uh, um, uh, an op- like an op- an opposite. So, okay, so Justin Trudeau and the federal cabinet essentially. Rather than seeing this populist movement of your own citizens essentially asking for these restrictions to end in an environment where other major nations like the UK and other nation states are essentially getting rid of these restrictions, right? Your people are asking you to essentially get rid of these restrictions. And rather than obliging to that, he went on the offensive, right? So Justin Trudeau currently right now is on the offensive. So that essentially is going to lead to a couple of political events from a, from a strategical perspective, right? So because he's refusing to actually acknowledge this protest, right? And there's a myriad of reasons why that's happening. Um, he's going to tell the news agencies to censor all this information, right? Um, I, would, I, I will also add what's going to occur now is essentially is that Justin Trudeau and the federal government are essentially now in a battle. From their perspective, they're at war. So the liberal federal administration currently is at war with their own people to maintain authority over power. Now, there's been a couple of interesting things that have happened over the last 24 hours. Obviously, not only is this freedom convoy uh, happening, but at the same time, there was a report from Black Locks uh, reporter, which is essentially the most credible, independent uh, investigative journalist um, in Canada, right? 
It's a complete. It's completely independent. They have a subscription service, um, it, which again also sort of adds to the complications of, of getting information right now because they do have a subscription service. You have to subscribe to their actual website for you to read their stories. So the dissemination of information right now is very difficult, and it's a lot. It's allowing for a lot of alternative narratives, right? But anyhow, they released a story, right? And this story was actually reshared or uh, uh, by Tor- the uh, the Toronto Sun in Edmonton. So uh, the story basically goes like this. It's Elections Canada, uh, 205,000 mail-in ballots were not counted, right? So I'll just, I'm going to read it word for word. Elections Canada says more than 200,000 mail-in ballots sent to voters in the last federal election were not counted, according to Black Locks reporter. The ballot kits which were laid, canceled, or marked as lost in the mail uh, totaled 205,000 and were greater than the margin of victory between liberal and conservative candidates nationwide, 190,790 votes. We're deeply sorry for any elector who was unable to vote on election day, said Susan uh, Torsian, executive policy director for Elections Canada. Uh, Report on the 44th general election table to Parliament shows ballots kits were sent to 1,274,447,000 electors who were asked to vote by mail. Only 1,068,543 were returned and counted. Of the 205,000 uncounted ballots, 90,000 were returned late and not counted, and another 114,583 were never returned. The report also identified other issues. For example, electors in 274 of 635 First Nation reserves had to drive to another town to cast ballots, and um, and Kenora, Ontario, didn't have any election day polling stations in the three First Nation com- uh, com- communities. In the riding of Mississauga, Streetsville, 1,589 special ballots from electors were found in commercial mailroom or found in a commercial mailroom outside the control of a returning officer. Since these ba- since those ballots weren't received until after September 20th deadline, they weren't counted. As of December 14th, Election Canada has received 9,410 complaints regarding its conduct during the election. The majority of them were related to accessibility, voter experience, long lines, and interactions with poll, uh, with poll workers and, and by voting... Um, and by uh, spe- sp- voting by special ballot, right? So that's he, he, very problematic right now, right? So essentially, the 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 the, mo- the meat of the story is that there are two hundred and five thousand mail in ballots that hold on, let's let's I actually want to get the exact statement, otherwise I'm going to be ripped to shreds. Um, those ballots which were late, canceled, or marked as lost in the mail totaled 205,000 and were greater than the margin of victory between liberal and conservative candidates nationwide, 197. So, so I'll go back, uh, 197. So let me just do, do a quick analysis of that story, right? So Elections Canada flat out came out and said 205,000 mail-in ballots were late, canceled, or marked as lost in the mail, right? That totaled 205,000, right? Um, the problem with that is that that's actually larger than the margin of victory that the liberals had over the conservatives, which is 190,790 votes. Now, let's dive deeper into those numbers because somebody could say, okay, cool. You had had 205,000 mail-in ballots that essentially were were lost or not counted, right? But what does that mean, right? Because you have to ask a couple of questions. What was that number? What what was the number of, of lost, late, or canceled ballots last year, right? And also, what proportion were lot late, lost late or canceled, right? So there's actually a pretty solid analysis, which I will flat out say I did find on Reddit. However, uh, I did my due diligence um, from there's actually an elections. It, so uh, the person's name uh, is on Reddit, Adorable Octopus. They're actually, um, I would say, 
contra- they're ideologically contraindicated to my stance, right? So they're the opposite of what I believe in, right? Uh, they basically did this next post that I'm going to state off of information um, found on slide 25 of Elections Canada um, PDF. Um, and uh, if you reach out to me, I, I, I can give you I can get you the actual uh, link to the PDF itself. But I'll tell you that I, I better the information. But I want to go into their analysis and as to why it's important. Right. So, um, again, this is a Reddit conversation. So. The person basically says uh, a fairly decent sized chunk of these ballots were late and unfortunately weren't counted. So 59,344 of the 205,000 ballots, those are the ones that were late and they were not counted, right? How So, uh, so and then it, it says that. Uh, so actually, no, I'm going to read their exact statement. Then I, I'm going to do my contraindicated points, right? So. A fairly decent sized chunk of these ballots were late and unfortunately weren't counted. However, nothing more can actually be said about the rest of the numbers. As, of the, re- as the report points out, 114, 583 number includes electors that requested a ballot, but the ballot was never returned or electors who requested a ballot and returned it unused and voted at an election day polling station. This is considered a canceled special ballot, right? So they're saying, so this, by, so let me go back. So then he says, as such, we can reasonably dismiss this number as irrelevant. This includes people who chose not to vote or chose to vote in person rather than sending uh, sending in the ballot they had received. Okay, so again, so what 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 their analysis is that okay, of that 200, 205,000, 59,344 were not were not counted at all. So that's like in his opinion, her whatever, um, where they actually you know there is some infraction, right? Then they basically go on to say, but there were 114,583, right? Um, and he says that they include electors that, that were electors that requested a ballot, but that ballot was never returned, and electors who requested a ballot and returned it unused and voted at election day polling station, right? So there's a couple of problems here with this analysis analysis here, right? Because again, and this is the issue without having like like the news media agencies that are subsidized by our tax dollars to do this analysis that have the resources to do this, you've left with people like me, right? <laughs> like doing their own due diligence, right? Um, but let's, so let's break that down. So he wants to say essentially 114,583 um, is, is, is like, it's uh, negligent, right? However, in the next post, um, there's somebody who actually go, uh, says something against this. Where is this? Ah, perfect. Yeah, so actually, in, in response to that, right, there's a guy called Thin Butterscotch 643. Um, and I, I, I doubled, I, I checked the information again with Election Canada. I can confirm that this information is true. So they say, I'm not so sure that's true. In the 2019 election, 99% of the ballots were returned on time and counted compared to 87% in 2021. Okay, so let's just stop there for a second, right? As you know, uh, so, so in the 2021 I, in the 2021 election, own, it's actually, I'm getting too excited. I got to slow down again. I'm just going to read their statement again. I'm not so sure that's true. In 2019 election, 99% of the ballots were returned on time and counted compared to 87% in 2021. That's quite a discrepancy. Are we sure that everyone actually received their ballots with enough time to return them? The mail services have, nurse services have notably slower during the pandemic have been notably slower during the pandemic. So it wouldn't surprise me if some people got their ballots too late so they didn't so they just didn't return them. 
I'm not sure if it's possible for Elections Canada to get their hands on this information. Certainly, they could figure out the numbers of voters who requested a ballot that decided to vote in person. Okay, cool. He said it exactly for me. So it is highly questionable that in this election, that 205,000 uh, ballots amounts to... Um, so what would that be? Uh, it amounts to essentially 13... Okay, uh, hold on. Let me just go back and say it like this. In 2020, 20, in, in 2021, only 87% of special ballots were uh, um, returned, right? Whereas in 2019, 99% were returned, okay? So that's, that's the, the issue here. That's an extreme variance, right? 99 to 87% is a 12% margin, right? That is huge. That is not negligible, right? So we have to ask the question, and he actually does ask that question on top of that, right? Are we sure that everyone actually received the ballots with enough time to return them? The mail services were notably slowed down during the pandemic. At this, at the same time, we were, were we not imposing like uh, restrictions on uh, uh, on vax. I'm not sure if the vax mandates were in for public for the public sector as of yet, but it would make sense that there were staffing issues um, for for and that they needed to be better accommodated for. And the fact that they weren't is actually extremely negligent. Regardless, right? The reason why I bring that story up, right, is that there are a lot of legitimate questions as to the integrity of our last election. In addition to that 205,000 ballots that are essentially missing, we have to really consider the fact that we have to consider the element of voter manipulation, right? So you, you, you would talk to a lot of people right now that have an extremely different opinion than they did six months ago. I talked to a lot of people right now that took the vaccine that say that they wish they didn't take it, right? Um, there was a strong mounted effort between established news media agencies uh, not allowing all uh, not allowing all valid members uh, or, and parties to essentially participate in debates, to participate in actual uh, marketing of their parties, uh, to, pers- to participate in, in in taking TV time to actually be able to to explain to explain their, uh, to explain um, their their platform. And I'm I'm speaking specifically to, to the PPC here. Now I'm not a PPC purporter or supporter here. What I am saying here is that we live in a democratic democratic world where everyone does have their fair say. And if anything, people should have actually allowed the PPC to have their platform to see how unprepared they were to do anything from a political perspective. Rather, we decided, not we, rather the mainstream media and the alliance that they have with tech companies decided to silence them and that allowed people like Maxime Bernier to actually have a higher level of gravitas amongst people online because when you censor someone, right, People will still, it's like the black market. You cannot regulate away crime, right? You can essentially just move the market away to, uh, to, uh, you can move access to the market away. That's all you can do, right? So by essentially blacklisting Maxime Bernier, they wrongfully upheld that guy's platform. You know what I mean? If they actually were able to get this guy in the debates and ask him some legitimate questions, you could have quickly realized how amateur the whole operation was. And it would have been very easy for the average lay Canadian to be, okay, no, I'm not going to vote for that. But the issue, when you, when, you, when you perpetrate voter manipulation, and it's institutional, right? So it wasn't just not allowing Maxine Bernier and PPC to participate in, in the election, essentially, right? Although he did have a valid party and you could vote for him. It was past that. It's the absolute rhetoric that we've been seeing from major news agencies, right? It's the divisive tone during an election that's completely unnecessary, right? It, it, it's, it's misinformation that is sent by the actual mainstream news agencies 
at the same time that there is a, 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 a campaign to censor the average citizen, right? That is voter manipulation. So again, I say the two things. Not only do we have that voter manipulation, but we have 205,000 votes that are missing that are essentially at a 12% increased variant than the 2019 election. Right. So there are legitimate questions as to the integrity of the last election. This is occurring while the Freedom Convoy is going on. Right. So there is a mass populist rising in Canada right now. Right. Borders. It's, it's, it's province to province, coast to coast. Right. Everyone can see that people are upset with the mandates to the point now where Quebec has dropped the tax on the unvaccinated. We've seen Saskatchewan, uh, Scott Moe basically say that he's going to be reducing, uh, talk about taking away the restrictions. Even in Toronto, although I do not trust Eileen DeVille or John Tory, they're talking about now treating COVID as it is, as it is more endemic, right? So you have a valid populist civil protest that is spanning across the country while at the same time we have legitimate questions as to the integrity of the last question and amidst all this we have the sitting executive office right now going on the offensive people at this point now should understand why i am so mercurial in my <laughs> statements because this is a very very complex time in Canadian history. So what's going to happen next? And it makes it, it just based on pure logic and ration, right? Prior to uh, the Senate closing down um, for their last Senate vacation, whatever, right? The federal liberals had proposed Bill C-10 and Bill C-36. Bill C-10 is an internet censorship uh, uh, bill that essentially for lack of a better term, would allow the CRTC to mandate what is right to say and what is wrong to say. And essentially, you could be fined personally by posting uh, anything that is considered dissent or incorrect or misinformation by the CRTC. Bill C-36, right, is a red flag law that's wrapped around gun control. But in reality, the heart of Bill C-36 is that it allows a private citizen to essentially call the police on a concern it allows a concerned citizen to, to essentially so if you are just worried about someone's mental health or somebody like that you can essentially call the police get the police to go arrest them if they have any uh guns the police can go and rightfully take the guns away from them that's what bill c36 covers right so due to the fact that now we have an executive office that's essentially um at war with their own people right they're going to now do everything they can to 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 re-centralize power. The first thing to do essentially will be to control communications. And that's the whole point of the Internet Censorship Bill, right? You want to quell dissent. So you want to criminalize it, right? So the idea is that you push this through. Anybody that says anything that's considered, quote-unquote, misinformation or anything that's against the, the, the sake of, quote-unquote, public health, essentially will be criminalized, Right? The liberals are going to use the shadow coalition they have right now with the NDP and Jagmeet Singh to push this. This is why you're seeing right now Jagmeet Singh and the NDP push uh, like this whole narrative of stop hateful symbols and stop online hate, right? I am going to say this right now. I participated in four separate federal and federal, municipal and provincial campaigns for the NDP. I love Jack Layton, right? 
Jagmeet Singh is one of the most dangerous things to happen to Canada. I am telling you right now, he is one of he is a career politician who likes to tokenize, ethnicize individuals, use them as human shields for his own purposes. He is currently in a shadow coalition with a federal liberal government, and this is what's allowing them not only to stay in office, but in any way to have any bill pushed through parliament. It is only happening due to the dubious relationship Jagmeet Singh has with Justin Trudeau and the federal liberal government. Believe me, if you do not agree with Justin Trudeau or the federal liberal government, you should equally have zero trust or any faith in what is the like lying career politician that is Jagmeet Singh. I do not care that you are Sikh, my friend. Do not use your cultural background as a shield for your poor character. I don't like you, Jagmeet. It has nothing to do with your family. It has, I love your brother for actually contributing to the truckers. You went back. You 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 berated him. Actually, no, it's not even your brother. It's uh, your 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 brother uh, uh, in law or something like that, right? It has nothing to do with your community. It is you. You are a poor character individual, Jagmeet. Stop using black people as a shield. I am sick of it. I am sick of it. Cut it out. Do not. You do not speak for me. You are not my proponent. You are not my ally. Cut it out. Speak for yourself. Sorry, and that is my last piece on that. Um, but again, they were sorry. I, I very much so went off there. But I really like the dangers of the, the the dangers of Jagmeet Singh right now. Essentially, facilitating the actions or the the request of a, an illegitimate federal government, as it is literally at war with its people, is extremely dangerous. Right? It's extreme. It's not problematic. It doesn't, doesn't describe it. Right? This needs to end. Like, and this is what it comes down to. Like, to what end? Right? At the end of the day, when all of this is done, right? Okay, so, so, so sorry. I, 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 at the end of the, we still have to fix everything that's happening in Canada. So this is why the division doesn't make any sense. Right? Any, I got to stop for a second. So, but what's happening with the Conservative Party? While all this is happening at the same time, you had... One of the members of parliament, uh, Randy Hillier, essentially raised a motion of non-confidence for the federal government, right? The way motions of federal, the, the way non-confidence votes work is that it's a vote. So you have to have a majority of seats in parliament essentially uh, vote out the government and essentially, so it's, it dissolves the government and starts a snap election, which ironically, considering that the integrity of the last elections are in question now, we really do need a snap election right now. So while that's happening, We've had Pierre Polyver, who's been the champion of the people this whole time, essentially just been going to parliament and at bat, not only with other opposing parties, but even his own party members himself. He's essentially been able to gain a mass amount of popularity because he's actually a man of the people, right? Don't get me wrong. He's a square at the same time, too. He's probably the same like a lot of these politicians. But at the very least, he actually has been able to open his mouth and go to parliament and fight for us, right? So... He's gained a lot of popularity and literally within the last 24 hours, Aaron O'Toole has been ousted from his own party. And realistically speaking, it's looking like like uh, like uh, Pierre Polyver is going to be leader of the conservatives. So we're having a lot of exciting things happening right now within within, within Canada. Um, the Yeah, and I'm sorry to get mercurial, but like this is the only time in history I can think of that Canadian politics has been the tip of the spear in international relations, right, in terms of popularity. Uh, but yeah, again, so so we're we're in a very very tumultuous side again. So if you do, so, so I'll, I'll slow it down to do the, do the TLDR, right?
There is a mass populist protest going from coast to coast in the country. That is legitimate, right? Um, there is legitimate questions as to the integrity of the last uh, of the last election, and the current sitting federal leader is currently going on the offensive against his own people, right? So, this is where we're at, and it's unfortunate. But again, the, what I was trying to say before is that like the division doesn't make any sense. Right now, you need to understand there's no winner. You know what I mean? Once all this, once all this shit gets figured out, we still got to figure out the economy, right? Like we're fucked. We're in so much debt right now; it's insane. What are we gonna do with interest rates, right? Like, what? How are we gonna do any more deficit spending, right? If 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 we oust our sitting government, Moody's gonna downgrade our debt rating. We're not gonna be able to do de- any, any deficit spending. And past that, forget Justin Trudeau. All of the other major institutions, all of the major gatekeepers have been captured, right? What about Offsea? Right. Um. What about the major? What about the, the 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 banking regulatory agencies that have essentially manipulated securities law to essentially allow flat out fucking pillaging of the country over the last year? Right. So what happens to these institutions? The again, the banks, the health agencies, all of these. Man, like the country has been capped. There's so much work to do. They're together, right? You need to understand. It makes no sense right now to be pushing division. It makes no sense right now to be pushing division. If you want a future in this country, if you want to steward the ship in the correct way, where you may potentially have children who can live an ounce of the fucking luxury you've had to, it makes no sense for us to be fighting each other. To what end? We need to stop this, right? It starts with ending the mandates, right? It ends with us figuring this out together. I have no idea what happens in between. I have no idea. All I can do is report on what's going on.